0: Go Solvers, how's it going? Welcome back to another episode of the Good Grow Great Podcast. This is Great Lengths, where I, Talia Toha, take you behind the scenes and into other people's brains and lives and journey and work and some of the things that they're doing, their business, their career. And today... We are looking into Monique Farmer's uh, life and how she actually started uh, teaching at the Children's uh, Hospital in Sydney on the wards, which she still does, by the way, in her spare time, which is super cool, before she started women want adventure her business now working with kids and uh, kids with cancer mental health illness eating disorders she is super passionate about supporting people who want to experience something new and connect with others and she takes people to day hikes kayaking trips camping weekends, waterfall jumps, and large multi-day adventures outside. And so today she is sharing with us how other people go from hating something completely and not knowing much about it to having these unforgettable memories, doing things that they're afraid of and doing things that they're no longer afraid of though, right? And secondly, What you can do to attract people that you want to support, right? As if you are looking to grow your career, your business, whatever it is, how can you attract people that you're looking to support so that you get to do that meaningful thing that you've always wanted to do? And also, Monique is sharing with us small ways that many people conquer and survive their biggest, their greatest fears and how you can too. So before we dive in, growth solvers, be sure to hit follow and subscribe. Let's do it. Let's start the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. I'm so good. And I'm so excited to have you because this is a passion project for me. And I love what you do and your work with women and the outdoor space, all of it. But let's start uh, real briefly here with your work with the Sydney's Children's Hospital. And um, tell us a little bit about what you do there and how you're involved and what that means for you.
1: Well, I am a teacher by trade and people often laugh. They say you're a teacher and then an adventurer on the weekends and every other time. So yeah they get pretty surprised when they see me walking into this huge hospital <laughs> from Monday to Friday. But um, yeah, I, I work with really ill children, whether um, they're in the oncology ward, they're going through radiotherapy or sometimes I'm on the mental health ward, so i'm I'm working with children that um, are really struggling with like depression, anxiety, um, suicidal thoughts and then I'm, I also jump over to working with adolescents with eating disorders, so you, you name it um, I, I work with a range of different children, and it 's incredible they 're amazing <laughs> I mean yeah they teach me more than i I would teach them, um, yeah, and-
0: yeah, and I love that you mentioned that because I think there 's there's definitely, and I talked about this earlier. Actually, I was invited in in a workshop for uh, for for business, and I talk about how giving, in some ways, it's kind of like that act of giving is a gift to the giver, in some ways, right? And I feel like, particularly with that. That work that you're doing with the hospital, it's also, you know, it's a lesson for you too. It kind of nourishes you, it fills you up with, um, with, uh, with fulfillment, if you will, right? And just kind of that sense that you're creating a meaning, you're helping them. I'm kind of curious, be you being the teacher to these kids and adolescents, does it? Is it true that because it feels like there's more and more of those cases out there where, you know, kids or maybe even adults actually, right, with eating disorder, mental health, particularly business owners. I noticed that there's a little bit more uh, business owners that are diagnosed with all of these orders. Do you feel like that's the case, too? Or is that something that's just that's just our sense because now it's more out there?
1: No, there has been an increase of the prevalence of mental health illnesses in general and um, especially with adolescents. I think we're also picking it up a lot earlier. We have incredible resources and support programs where we can flag at an early age, you know, this child is is going through um, depression or they have anxiety or um, a a range of different issues. So I think it's... um, Yeah, we're picking up on it a little bit earlier and um, there's probably a fair few treatment programs that are available now that weren't always available. So the the support is there, which is fantastic.
0: Yeah, and I'm kind of, I wonder, I love that you mentioned that you guys are picking it up earlier, which I think is also important because I think... For business owners who come my way and they have anxiety, mental, a mental health issue, depression and everything, I think it's so important to really talk to somebody about it, right? And just kind of have that be a part that you don't ignore, <laughs> you know, you don't just kind of blast through it, which is I think what most people do
1: yeah, there's that mentality of, oh, like, I'll be right. I don't have to talk about my feelings or open up. And, um, you know, the reason that I work in the hospital environment and, don't, um, you know, I'm not always out on an adventure. I mean, I work full time running women One adventure. It's, um, it's a really busy job, but the reason that I started women One adventure is because I came from a place where I had anxiety and I was depressed and nature for me was this place of solitude and respite. And it just it made me feel incredible. So I think I, have something to give the students when I am there and I can relate to them and we can joke around and just relax because I, like, I feel like I know what it's like. And when I jump from one setting to the next, so I'm working inside a hospital setting and then I'm outdoors pitching tents with ladies and hiking and summoning mountains and, you know, it, there's two almost completely different things, but I feel like can, I can bring this sense of, you know, like adventure and happiness and um, being optimistic into the hospital environment and sort of like vice vice versa. So that's why I like working there because I feel like I can offer them something and give them a little bit of hope.
0: Yeah, I love that. This is—I uh, think this is amazing. I like that you mentioned that it—it's kind of a place of, uh, I guess, escape in some ways, right? And I think for anyone out there, you have to—you do have to find that place because, or whatever activity that you do enjoy that takes you away from what you do primarily nine to five or whatever it is, because yeah. it does—it does take a toll right and it's it's just the ability to kind of unplug and take off and just hang out with other like minded people is really the reason why why we do what we do you know, and so I love that that's that's the highlight there now I do want to touch for briefly on on depression for a minute because that is something that again, I talk to all of my guests with from all different backgrounds, expertise, everything, and a handful of them have gone through depression as well and I Love the open conversation usually because when they share that they're also depressed, there might be just this one other person out there who is also depressed and maybe running a business, successful business, or maybe not successful. And just the idea that uh, just the fact that they heard somebody else having gone through the same thing really kind of gets them to the end of that tunnel. So, can you share? Just for a little bit, uh, what was that? Do you feel like the depression was prompted by certain things? Was that something that was happening around you? Can you share a little bit about that experience, Monique?
1: Yeah, I think it was mainly prompted from loneliness. Um, I moved out to, I guess you could call it the Australian Outback when I just finished university and got my teaching degree. And when I was teaching out there, I... I lost a sense of connection, one to who who I was, and um, and to other people. Like I didn't feel like I had a sense of belonging. So I think that was sort of the underlying underlying reason. And really to to go through those motions of like, what am I feeling? Why am I feeling this? Um, you know, why do I feel anxious today? And then how am I going to snap out of it? Or how am I going to not just snap out of it, but move through it? And feel those emotions and I guess over a period of four to five years going through these stages of depression and anxiety I would hit the trails I would take my swag and go and sleep in a cave I would go kayaking and I mean if you put this in reference to Australia and Outback Australia you have to drive a long way to get to these (laughs) locations so you know it was it was a commitment but it was a commitment to myself because I knew that I had, I had something and that something was adventure that gave me space in my, in my head. But I was still missing something. I was still lonely. So I was going out and doing these things. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is great. Look at the sunrise. Look at the sunset. I'm on top of a mountain. That there was still this emptiness. And I think that's when I really started to realize how important it is to connect with people. Like you can have something that can help you heal and, um, you know, bring some light into your emotions. But when you have that sense of connectivity to people, that's when the real healing begins. So yeah, that's the, I guess that's a real foundation of sort of what I went through and um, started to bring people into my life to start that process to come out the other side. And here I am.
0: Yeah, I love, and thank you for sharing that experience. And I love that you mentioned that connection for other people, right? And having that, um, just being in service of other people, which I think is so important and something that I think we kind of underestimate in our, you know, kind of culture and fast pace, everything. And people tend to forget that, yeah, sure, success is great. You know, yes, achievement, all that, that's all awesome. But without the, you know, without meaning and creating meaning for other people, it's, it's basically, what's the point? It means squat, you know, yep. and I love that you're highlighting that. So um, I want to talk uh, real briefly about your work with the women, the amazing Women Want Adventure community. Tell me about how, how that started. And you kind of touched on it a little bit, but what was that process like?
1: Well, it really began from when I was living out back and I was teaching and I would go on these adventures by myself and I loved that feeling that like, you know, a hike would would give you or going for a kayak or, or a camping and to share that with other people, that's what gave me a sense of meaning and a sense of connection and I thought, well, I know how to do these things, you know, like I know how to rig a tarp, put up a tent, I know like yeah, how to sort equipment, get prepared for adventures, but not everybody does. So if I know that this is how nature and being outdoors makes me feel, I I feel a sense of duty that I have to share that with other people. And in contrast from doing that, that helped. It, it sounds a little bit selfish, but it, it really helped me heal because I felt like I was helping other people come to their own realizations of, oh, this makes me feel really good. Like, oh, I'm I'm meeting new people, um, I'm making new friendships, I'm trying new experiences, I'm chal- experiences, I'm challenging myself, myself, I'm learning new things. So now I get my kicks out of seeing other people. Their eyes just light up and have these moments of, oh, I can do this. Oh, I feel inspired to to get out to get outdoors more, and then connect with people while they're at it. So, yeah, Women One Adventure really started from a, a very personal place, and you know, fast forward four years, it's now translated into a community of thousands of women across Australia doing the most incredible things together. So, I, I feel I feel very. I feel very, very grateful that I get to spend my days now with um, women that are stepping out of their comfort zones and, um, yeah, jumping into adventure. So it's great. Yeah,
0: I love this. And I love that you you kind of – you admitted it. You own it. And you're kind of like, well, it it helps me too, right? Mm, Yeah i've touched on this so many times with um, so many people that I have on the podcast, and they would uh, they would admit it too they're like, well, the reason why I started this business is because of whatever my kids or the reason why i I do this is because that other person needed me and it, it and I happen to have this skill set or whatever it is. I think there's this absolute there's this kind of organic give and take process that's happening in our lives. That's, that's just absolutely beautiful. And just because you're earning from it, it doesn't mean that it's actually important, right? It doesn't mean mm. that it's unimportant, I should say.
1: Yeah. So, you can feel guilty sometimes. You're like, oh, like I'm, I'm earning from something that that, that feeds me. But yeah. I've learned over the years that You have to have a strong why in business and that's why Women Want Adventure, the community is so successful is because the why of what we do is so strong and there's passion in it and when you bring passion into your project and it comes from a deeper level, I think you know that's what keeps things healthy, and that energy there. And in, you know, in business, it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta, you have to work so hard all the time. I mean, everybody knows that. But I think you've got to have another little spark in there
0: somewhere to really, to really keep at it. And yeah, I, I
1: feel grateful that that's I've got it.
0: Yeah. So, and I'm a little bit. Um... <laughs> I'm a little bit envious that that the outdoor community there is so. It seems like it's so prolific because Australia is such a uh, such a big place, and um, you mentioned driving hours mm-hmm. to get to some of these places. And I think America is. Some, I think America is quite large as well, and we do have community. I shouldn't I shouldn't kind of uh, shade uh, the outdoor community in America, but it is. I think there's there's really something really special about what you're doing and and I wonder i'm curious to see what you what your answer is for this is why do when the women come to you is it usually from like a place of like uh they they need something like is it usually from like oh from a friend right or is it something kind of more uh more kind of on the outdoor side like they just love the outdoors like can you enlighten us a little bit.
1: It's a little bit of everything and mainly women attend our trips because they're looking for their own connection. Maybe it's to find their inner wild. Maybe she's she's been lost for years. Women, we are so good at devoting all our time and energy for everybody else, especially mothers. And sometimes we forget about a sense of who we are. Like, oh, I used to do X, Y, Z. Oh, I don't anymore. I'm, I'm really I'm busy with the kids or our careers. And, w- yeah, women, I think, are starting to realise, oh, I think she's in there somewhere. I'm going to bring her back out again. So that's one of the reasons. Um, they're reigniting something within deep within themselves. Another reason would be women don't always... And men too, but the women who attend our trips, they don't always have someone to go with. Maybe they don't have a partner who's interested in hiking or they've recently lost a loved one. We have many women who have lost partners, have lost children, who are grieving. Um, So yeah, it's that sense of, well, let's connect to a wider community and then there's others that are up for a challenge that, like, oh, I've never been canyoning before. What's that? Jumping off a waterfall. <laughs> well, that sounds good. I'll try that. Or, you know, so, um, and that's what's so nice about it, that there's this diverse range of women who attend um, diverse fitness levels, experience levels, ages, and they're all coming from different life circumstances and backgrounds, some have overcome um, cancer as well. Like, There's there so many stories. There are so many moments where we've stood on top of mountains and we just all cry, and we're all crying for different reasons, and give yeah. each other a hug pre-COVID. And yeah. Um, yeah, and what's nice is when you're out on an adventure. Let's say you're out on a trail and you're meeting strangers for the first time, no one knows each other's backgrounds. So no one knows like what car you own or where you live or any of that. You're all just there together. And I think it's really refreshing and it puts everyone on the same field doing the same thing. And there's the, yeah, that really raw experience for the women who do come from many different circumstances. So
0: yeah, we, we get a mix. Yeah, I love that your last comment there when when you say that it's kind of a I, – I wouldn't say a level playing field, but it's almost like it strips away all of the unimportant things, right? Your mm. prestige or everything, like everyone when they're outdoors together – men and women actually you're kind of you're facing the same things right you're you're out there and you're at the mercy of nature and at e- at each other which yeah. is absolutely amazing and uh I, I particularly love your comment about jumping over uh, the waterfall which let's talk about that for a second because I remember doing this, I got to tell you a story because I I remember doing this in Hawaii once and on my honeymoon and I can't remember which waterfall it was, but it wasn't that if you're an outdoor person, this is probably like, oh, it's 40 feet. That's not, I don't know what that is in, in meters, but um but it was like about 40 feet drop, and, um, and we made the decision to let's jump over. I was mortified. I was so terrified. Good. It's good. <laughs> and I remember being so scared. I wasn't as scared when I was jumping off, but I was even more scared once I'm in the water trying to swim back up to the surface because, because the the... The rapid was, the current was so strong and I was kind of like, oh my God, I'm going to drown. So um, talk a little bit about why you incorporated that, you know, with your programs, you know, with your, uh, with your community of women. Well, let me ask
1: you this. How do you feel post your adventure going down that waterfall? Because I'm looking at you now and you have the biggest smile on your face when you're <laughs> reflecting on that story. Like,
0: how did you feel at the end? The story the story is great, and uh, but I think... I mean, I was starving. I was hungry. <laughs> I was like so hungry. We went out and we got like this bowl of noodles and hole in the wall somewhere. And, uh, but you're right. It, is, it was an amazing experience. And I jumped off with my, uh, my husband, right? And, um, and it was super fun. You know, I think, of course, when we were going through it, it was mortifying. But right after, I was like, yeah, this was, this was amazing. <laughs> and that's that.
1: That's it. It's it's amazing, but you realise that you can do it. So the women that I I meet, a lot of them have self doubt. Oh, I can't do this. I'm not good enough. And that doesn't just it, it translates into many areas of their lives, not just jumping off a waterfall or abseiling down a cliff or summiting a, a mountain. So sometimes there is this deep belief that they just can't do it so putting themselves in this challenging and it's not always you know a, a huge challenge like we're trying to climb up Everest um, it's challenging for every individual depending on the context of, of where we are and what we're doing but pushing themselves just enough to realize I, I did this I mean I feel inspired and the whole concept of what we do is uh, that empowerment women's empowerment like to walk away from doing something that you've never tried before, discovering a new place or discovering a thing about yourself is incredibly empowering. And then you take that into your everyday life. Like, Oh, I I can do this. Yeah. Oh, I jumped off a waterfall last week. I'm going to ask my boss XYZ or I'm going to go for that promotion or I'm going to talk to my partner about this. It really adventure translates into all areas of your life. And I think that's what I love about it. And that's what I love seeing women do. And they have these biggest smile on their face. Like sometimes Similar to your story, we'll be abseiling down a waterfall, and they will be saying every single swear word you can possibly think <laughs> at me, and crying and ho- holding my hand, more like squeezing my hand until it's going to fall off. And that like, Monique, I don't want to do this. And by the end, they're hugging me, saying that's the best thing they've ever done in their life. And that's that's it. That's that little moment. Yeah, they're the special moments that I love the most. That really yeah. help women.
0: So this is really great. And I love that you kind of pointed out that there needs to be that process almost to get out on the other side mm-hmm. and really face your fears. You do have to kind of go through a little bit of a, I mean, I wouldn't say. Uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, You've got to be, get uncomfortable. It's okay yeah. to feel uncomfortable. It's okay to be tired and maybe you're a little bit hungry and you really want those two minute noodles but camp still four hours away but you realize that you can push through it you can do it you're so much more capable than you realize and it's about learning that and you know that's what adventure um sometimes teaches us that's the important lesson
0: yeah so and I'm curious because you have you know a community of hundreds or thousands of women and was there moments when you know, one of the women say, no, I can't do it. And they never, they never actually jump over the waterfall. Or do you, do you feel like everybody did? There have been
1: moments when, um, I'll, I'll give you a story. where are out on the Larapinta trail in Australia. So think central Australia, um, and we're hiking, up Mount Sonda. It's not too high. You're sort of talking about like 1,800 meters odd, Um, But it gets really steep and it's really cold up there. And some women, they'll sort of hit the halfway point and you'll see in their minds that I can't do this. But I think from years of experience of guiding, you sort of know that level of where you can push someone before it becomes dangerous. So sometimes there are women that won't jump off that waterfall or they won't reach the peak of the mountain. But we will get, get them to the point of where they feel satisfied with that's everything that they could throw at it like don't leave anything anything behind because physically usually your body can do it it's your mind that's gonna pull you back and those thoughts will come in like you're too tired you haven't eaten in three hours you need a nap you've never done anything like this before yeah the mind is so so tricky so yeah I mean, we're not going to make anyone do something that they really, really don't want to do, but we're going to push them enough to to get them across the line, especially because we believe in them. I believe in the women. Definitely. I know they can do it.
0: I love it, so, and the reason why I ask and i 'm curious about this because you mentioned summiting a mountain right, doing all these things, and you even mentioned pushing someone right before it gets, before it gets dangerous and I want to dive into this just a little bit because mm. I think there's this um, I think there 's this confusion right now floating around about limits right and how far you can push yourself and And I think while people go, oh, you can go as far as you can. And there's also the school of thought of, no, you should maybe stop before. So how do you gauge that? Because you mentioned that you can kind of tell when you can push somebody over the, the limit, or not over the limit, but just through it versus, okay, this is dangerous. How do you, what are some signs that you look for? You
1: can always look at someone and gauge their level of fatigue. Um, A huge component is communicating. So as professional female guides and in the field of what we do, we're very good at picking up body language. We're looking at, you know, their feet starting to drag along the ground or little stumbles or whether they're blurring their words. Um, You know, we... We can pick up those those moments where we're starting to realize, okay, this lady, she's really tiring. And then it really just comes down to the verbal communication. Like, how are you feeling? Tell me about this. And that encouragement. And women will tell you when they think they've had enough, but it's pushing them really that 10% more so that they really feel like just proud of themselves, that they had a little bit of more they had that extra juice in them to, to get where they wanted to go. Cause there's really sort of nothing worse than coming back from an adventure holiday that you planned, whether you're kayaking or hiking or canyoning and feeling like you just didn't get there. You know, you had a goal, but you didn't reach it. But if you know that even if you didn't reach the top of the mountain, but you tried your absolute best, like that's, that's what matters. So you, yeah, to answer your question, it's, it's observation and communication and knowing the women. And I think that's what we do exceptionally well. Like we know these women inside out. <laughs> like they're just, they're not a random client that just comes on a trip. Like we, we get to know them like family. And there's a, also a women's, you'll, you might understand this, like the, that women's bond. <laughs> we we speak a silent language to each other. So
0: Yeah, I love this, because I love two things that you just said is that, first off is that, you know, you can tell in the eyes. And I think this is true as well. If you're, if you're just gauging, um, you know, yourself in any context, not even outdoor context, and you're trying to tell whether you should do more, or you should just kind of stop and take a rest, like you kind of As you mentioned, you basically have to look at your physical cues, right? And also verbal cues, which I absolutely love, in that saying things out loud sometimes sometimes it's kind of that, oh okay, I I would I just said that I could do a little bit more, even though my mind thinks that I couldn't, or the vice versa, or whatever. And um, I think more importantly, I love that you mentioned it's just 10% more. We're not looking for 100% more. We're just looking for a little bit more. And yes. uh, I think that's really the, one of the greatest takeaways, I think.
1: It's also rest. I mean, anyone that, let's say, like, runs a business uh, knows how hard we, we push ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. And this relates to whether you're running a business or you're hiking out mountains. It's knowing when to stop. And knowing when enough is enough as well. So just as important it is to push yourself in an outdoor environment, it's also, or I guess in any context really, it's really important to know, okay, now I need to rest. Now I need to say no Now I need to have time out and strap the blisters on my feet, and that goes for you know running a business. Usually, you know, we're burning ourselves to the ground. We're saying yes to so many things, but sometimes the lesson is learning how to say no and take time out so you can reset, and then go for it again. And we do that with the ladies as well. We're like, okay, let's stop. Let's have a cup of tea and an Anzac biscuit. Let's rest. Let's set up camp here for tonight. We're all too tired. If we don't rest now. We're not going to reach our goal later. So it's also gauging that. And I think that's really important.
0: Yeah, I think I'm glad that you pointed that out because I think that taking a break and resting mm. is, is actually better for uh, actual the production, right? Like you can actually get more out of what you're doing if you actually take breaks And um, I think that's absolutely true outdoors, absolutely true with work, personal life, right? Taking care of kids, business, all of that. Uh, But I actually wanted to go touch just a little bit on what you mentioned just a minute ago, that the reason why you encourage people to continue and, and maybe go just a little bit more is because you don't want them to feel at the end of the trip, after all the things that they had planned, you don't want them to feel like they didn't get there or, or I think maybe in some ways to feel like you're dissatisfied, right? Unaccomplished. And I love that you pointed that out because sometimes I feel like when, you know, when you've gone, and this is definitely true because whenever I go hiking or uh, mountaineering and we plan on reaching a certain point, and this is particularly true when I bring little kids and then we don't get to a certain point, I mean, they're fine because they don't know any better. But me personally, I'm like, well, I want to look at the waterfall. You know, like I didn't, you know, yes, we're all tired. Yes, we're, our feet are all blistery, but I wish that we had good. So there's like that sense of, uh, I want, I don't, I want to say remorse necessarily, but that kind of getting to a certain point actually is good for um, for, for you, right? So I, I love that you pointed that out.
1: Yeah, and this is the beauty of adventure. Things don't always go to plan. I mean, that's life in general. When you're outdoors, you're not always in control of, you know, what the weather is going to do, what happens like with your gear, if someone might hurt themselves. Like there's so many unknowns. So you might not reach your goal because something, you know, doesn't go to plan, but you'll realize something else and you'll discover something else about you. And then you can always go back and try again. So if you don't have to get there the first time, and that's what we try and um, tell the women as well. Like you might not get that goal, but let's let's go back and, and try again. And it's about yeah, sort of searching for that unknown and what you can do, what you can do personally, what can you do with other people, and yeah. Adventure, you know, it gives us a different way to look at things and I think it inspires us to feel grateful for the small things and the small pleasures in life and sometimes those small things might be enjoying a fluffy cloud or looking at a koala up a tree or a bird sitting on a branch or then sometimes it is reaching that waterfall. Like the goals are all different but it's just having gratitude for knowing what you can do.
0: Yeah, I love this. What a great way to actually finish this conversation. Believe it or not, Monique, we are coming to the conclusion of our interview. So if you can please share with the audience where they can find you and we'll wrap up the interview.
1: Yeah, you can find us on our website. It's womenwantadventure.com.au and all the fun, adventurous things that we do. They're all up there
0: amazing Monique thank you for being on the podcast
1: thanks so much for having me it was great to chat
0: row solvers be sure to hit follow and subscribe let's do it